0: What's up everybody, on this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports, we talk NFL, when the Pittsburgh Steelers continue to show their dominance for 11-0, transitioning over to college football, talking about a little NBA, and then, you know, following up with a little bit of uh, exhibition boxing with Mike Tyson and his uh, pay-per-view event this past weekend. So make sure you guys turn in to this week's episode of Guys What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports on Wednesday, December 2nd, 2020. My goodness, how this year has flown by, considering everything that's been going on. But I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode. E, nice. Oh, excuse me. I'm nice. Smooth. Yes, you are. (laughs) What's going on?
1: (laughs) Hey, how's it going, man? Just another night in the city.
2: I'm, I'm just the DJ. <laughs> I'm the DJ. I'm the hype man in the back. I'm the hype man in the background saying, yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> I have to get some uh, Manny Fresh in the background playing for that one.
2: Uh, but I'm, oh, I'm doing man. great, man. I'm doing great. You know how it is right now.
1: That's
0: what's up. That's what's up. Another week, another Another week, uh, barring any setbacks from COVID-19, feeling good, able to get out there and do some things and, and get some household chores done. So very fortunate about that. So we can't preach enough if you aren't wearing masks and using hand sanitizer and all that great stuff. Shame on you. I have no I have no sympathy if you're out there and you're doing nothing and you come down with this virus. But if you're out there being very precautious and something happens, I feel for you because I feel the same way. So without, you know, with that out the way, where do we even begin? Uh, We had some Wednesday afternoon football (laughs) between the Steelers and the Ravens. Uh, Some (laughs) post-Turkey, some post-Turkey football that should have been played on uh, Thanksgiving evening They got pushed back to today. It was uh, uh, another Steelers victory. Uh, Considering all that was going on with the game and everything and all the players that did not play, I will say this and I'll say this emphatically. Steelers are 11-0. Steelers are lucky as hell. (laughs) I'm going to say that up front because... If I'm not saying that the Steelers wouldn't have won if the Ravens were full strength, but considering how they played, and they had a lot more starters than uh, than the Ravens did, I would not rule out a Ravens win today. But you know, the better team prevailed. Steelers won. So, what do you think, fellas? I, I don't know if you had an opportunity while working from home to keep one eye on the monitor, one eye on the TV screen, but if you had a you know if you had the opportunity to catch some highlights or Some of the game, Uh, what was your thoughts?
2: Um, First things first, shout outs to RG3 um, for at least making an attempt to do something. Um, He definitely proves that he still belongs in the NFL. Um, I'll give him credit for that. Um, Still was, I was still like hesitant because he started running a lot. Oh, but, it, like, but hey, but that was working though. Yeah, it was working. Don't get me wrong, it was working. Mm-hmm. He was trying to be Lamar Jackson, but y- y- you know, I was like, hey, 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 be cautious about that. You don't want to, like, have you know, you don't want another injury to happen on you, god forbid. Um, but I think that RGD RGD3 did what he needed to do, but I agree with you. Um, still has got away with that one. Um, if anything, that should be a wake up call for them going forward. Um, I said last i said it before that i think this still has had the opportunity of going undefeated um the rest of the way um i still believe that they do um there's a little caution there um but i also believe that hopefully they did what they needed to do necessary to say we should have lost this game we got to make sure that we come out better prepared and better focused um, but overall i thought the game was you know, it, it it was it needed to be done and is the fact that it kept being delayed and kept being delayed, you know. Um it's good that they got it out, out the way. Um, but still is definitely escaped this one without question.
1: Uh I think Mike Tomlin's comments after the game saying that the, the Steelers played like the um junior varsity was um indicative of what the team did. However, they've been playing junior varsity football a couple of games. I mean Let's let's call spade a spade. You're right. They got lucky. They got they got lucky, and uh, they got lucky against the Broncos. They got damn sure lucky against the, um, the Texans, <laughs> mm-hmm. the Titans, the Ravens first go round because Lamar Jackson just had an off game. He doesn't have an off game. They lose that game. Um, but the Steelers have a chance to run the table and go undefeated. I mean, the only I'm looking at the schedule right now. The couple of games I got is the yeah, the Redskins, the Bills, Bengals, Colts, Browns. Out of that last remaining, I I probably see maybe one team, maybe two, but one of those teams might give an L. And it's either going to be a Colts or it might be the Bills. I'm not, not co- I'm not even confident about either one of them, but. Um, They're probably going to wrap up the you know first round division, but guess what? They're shaky. They're very shaky, and I can see them getting the playoffs, and I can see them catching that L to the the Tennessee Titans because Tennessee Titans are balling right now. And Mm -hmm. if they have to get into a shootout with the Kansas City Chiefs, they ain't winning. They ain't winning.
0: I agree. I agree. I agree. You know, it's it's nothing against Big Ben. It's nothing about nothing against the, uh, the, just the program. It's just that this the luckiest, you know, eleven and team, probably in a long time. <laughs> and considering they have no run game, their defense will always. The Steelers will always come with a defense. Always, they will always have that. But. Big Ben, I mean, they played sloppy with him. In the first quarter, I think the Ravens had, with eight minutes left in the game, the Ravens already had four possessions and the Ravens were only down 6 <laughs> nothing, And they only played seven minutes of football. <laughs> so that just goes to show you how sloppy it was for both the Ravens and the Steelers. And it's just this the ineptitude of the Ravens, just not enough reps and practice time for RG3 and the offense to get together and and uh, develop some cohesiveness. Not to say that RG th- RG three would have uh, would have led them to a victory, but you can't tell me RG three wasn't putting on a nice little show with his legs there in the first half. When he pulled up with that little hamstring injury right before the uh, right before the end of the half, uh, end of the first half, I knew it was a done thing for him. <laughs> and then. Trace McSorley comes in sometime within the fourth quarter, throws the little play to the, to Hollywood. He takes it back to the house for 70 yards, fluke little touchdown. You know, it's just Hollywood just being Hollywood, just doing what he could do to try to generate some points for the team. But um, it's just a scenario where too little, too late. Oh, and the uh, the drive the Ravens had right, th- right there before the end of the half where the Steelers were laying on the ground and wouldn't get up when, you know, when the Ravens had no more times, no more timeouts and caused the uh, the Ravens to have one last play where the tight end actually caught the ball but because he didn't bring it into his body, the DBs were able to knock him, knock the ball out of his hand right there at the uh, end of the first half. And right there is the decision with the ball game, because if the Ravens would have scored a touchdown right there before half, they would have been up. I think it would have been uh, 14-10. 14-10? No, 14-12. And the second half would have been played a a whole lot differently.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, we can always, we have to, we keep in perspective. And I mean, you know, their game is supposed to be played Last week, last Thursday night, then it got pushed to Sunday. Then it got pushed to Monday. Then it was pushed to, from Tuesday to Wednesday. So, I mean, with all the in- inconsistencies and the uncertainty and players not playing and not really being able to fully practice, I was surprised that the game even got played to begin with, period. Um, um, you could have marked it both off a tie and call it a day. No forfeits, just a tie. <laughs> no win, no loss, just a tie. So um, the fact that they even were able to play this game was even, A, surprising enough. And the fact that these players are actually ready to play was even more surprising with all the inconsistencies. I mean, as all the, as all the NFL players say, they're a creature of habit. So when you get in there and you and – you, Ace, you know, when you get in there and you disrupt that habit of that flow, if you're thinking you're playing a game on a Friday night, then it gets switched to Saturday. Then it gets switched to next Monday. Then it gets switched to next Tuesday. You're not even – even really any can get in there and fully practice and play certain teammates are not even in there. I mean, the whole thing was a hot mess to begin with. So, I mean, they couldn't push it back any further. I mean, some people were saying that, you know, did they feel comfortable playing the game? Well, they had to, what are they going to do unless they booked in. In my opinion, which they should have did is put a last week, you know, uh, behind the season or as, Stephen A. actually made a good point, which I think the NFL should have baked in. He suggested, you know, with all the stuff going on, just to shut everything down for two weeks for everybody, hmm. and and get things under control. Push the season back extra two weeks. They already said that they can push this the um, the Super Bowl back or further two more weeks. I mean, be flexible in your schedule. I mean. You could do that and just say, "Look, we're just going to just shut everything down. Everybody, get your shit straight, get your ducks in a row, get your players tested and positive, and and then and then let um, and then let's start off two weeks from now."
0: That sounds like a good plan.
1: And that would have given all the Ravens and all the Steelers players enough time to get over, you know, test negative, give them ample enough time to play. Get everybody ample enough time to play because there are some. Positive tests popping up here and there. So I think they should have did it. But but overall, the Steelers have been lucky all season. And trust me, they're going to catch an L. They, uh, they You know what? They might catch a nail against the Redskins because the Redskins front four is actually playing really, really good. Can get at the quarterback. And Ben Roethlisberger, don't move. Not that much.
0: Let me tell you something. The Steelers are susceptible to the run. They can mess around to catch an L to the Browns. Don't get it twisted. Do not get it twisted because Chubb and Hunt, it's all about the run game with Cleveland. And if Baker would just play within the system and they got the weapons, I I don't see why the Browns couldn't upset the Steelers.
1: And it's their last game of the season. So if along they with the si- Bills. Yeah. And along
0: yeah. with Tennessee. <laughs>
1: If they don't lose a game and they get to the Browns, the last game of the season, I mean, how up for it will the Steelers be? Will they try to go for the undefeated season, or will they pull back and rest players? You know, for the playoffs. Like
0: we lost, uh we lost. Uh, nice there for a moment.
1: And you I guys can't hear me. I can hear. I can hear. See and hear you, Ace. You got frozen for a second. Oh, it's me. Yeah. Oh.
0: It's just all around. It's just 2020, man. Let's just <laughs> yeah. throw in the trash. You know, we, got, we almost done. It. We got 28 more days, 29 more days. <laughs> we can put this behind us. <laughs> but, but no, uh, it seems like we have you back. You go ahead and respond. Uh, say what you were just saying.
1: Oh, I was saying, you know, you're right. The Browns could beat them. But, you know, if the Steelers, let's say, hypothetically, get to that last game of the season undefeated, how invested are they going to be in a really want to cap off the undefeated season, or are they going to be looking to rest players? That'd be a two week layover. So maybe they might try to run some players, you know, for the first half. And if it doesn't look like, you know, it's not going to, they can't run away with it. Will they yank some players off the field and just, and just give up the um, undefeated season?
2: But, but also, I mean, just but I mean, I I granted that also. But um, don't forget that it may be a, a we still in the midst of a pandemic, so it could be a couple of players who may not even make it um, during that time frame because of the pandemic. So there's a lot of unknowns there. Um, I, I I hear what you guys are saying. I'm just saying that the Steelers right now have been lucky so far. Um, and I don't really see a team with – I could say with the utmost confidence that will give the Steelers a loss. Um, This is going to be an every-game scenario for them um, and whether or not they can adapt to each game. And like I said, they barely got away with this last game, but, you know, each game is different. So.
0: Well – Steelers was this. Well, let's just go back with that Steelers browns scenario. We also have to remember that the, the Browns are eight and three, true. So they're looking and fighting for a playoff spot just like everybody else. Now, the bigger question would be let's just say the Steelers are 15 and 0 at the time, and let's just say the Browns are, I don't know, uh, 11 and 4. That sounds
2: about
0: right. That's generous. And they're fighting for a playoff spot. Will the Steelers be petty and say, "Now nah, we can't, you know, we can't allow our our little brothers, you know, whatever, our stepbrothers to come in here and spoil this playoff parade and we'll just play them heads up or, you know, sit there and say, whatever, if you beat us, you beat us. If you don't, you don't. But let's just go ahead and play. I think that'll play a big role into it at the last game of the season two, because you know the NFL trying to stop all this. We wrapped up the the, uh, the playoff scenario. We're going to rest players, so they're trying to keep the games in conference or in division, so it has some sort of meaning. It will have. I'm thinking it might have a definite meaning for the Browns, but how much of a meaning will I have for the Steelers is the biggest question, especially if the Steelers continue to run the table up into that time frame.
2: Now, if they run the table up to that time frame, I can see them easily playing to win. They want that. Uh, I think it's not about them more about the Browns, but more so the fact that they want that undefeated streak. To be so you're trying,
0: so trying to say they're going after the Miami Dolphins record?
2: I mean, why not? It's rare that you get an opportunity where a team can run the table at this stage. I think that would be more, you know, I think that would be more of a motivating factor for them.
1: Mm -hmm. Injuries. (laughs) We'll have to see. I mean, like I said, they're outside of maybe the you know the Bills, you know, and or maybe the Colts, and I wouldn't even sleep on the the, the Redskins. But their 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 schedule going going forward is very favorable for them to wrap up sixteen and zero by the end of the season.
0: Yeah. Well, that's why we play the games,
1: huh? <laughs> <laughs> like I said,
2: favorable. I didn't say and, guaranteed. <laughs> and, to, and to be honest with you, like, it's not solidified that they have home court advantage yet, still. So that would be uh, also a factor in play.
0: Well, they don't have to play Kansas City. If they have the best record, they're going to get home court advantage.
2: True. But like I said, it's not solidified yet. I mean, even though it's twinning towards that way, it's not like they're right now locked with the number one seed, so I think they need that as much True. advantage as they can get at this stage.
1: True, and, and and that even goes in, like I said, even more for you get to fifteen and zero, you beat the Colts, you staring down the barrel of the Browns. You got, let's say, they have the number one seed locked up, irregardless. You know, like A said, do they want to come out and? beat the browns and just put another, you know, coal in their christmas stocking or do they or do they lay off and just try and if it don't look like it's going that that route rest players cuz you don't want to injure anybody going into, you know, playoffs. So it'll be very interesting to see how how it gets played. I think it might be better for them to lose between now and then cuz that way if that last, you know, game is potential for the, you know, the first round. I mean, the first round Biden. Yeah, If they go in 15-0 and 0 and they have nothing to technically play for with the Browns, you know, who knows what's going to happen.
2: That's true. That's true. I agree. I, but agree. I will say this. Cleveland fans should be rejoicing right now with the record that they had.
0: <laughs> well, honestly, I don't know if they need to be rejoicing. I...
2: <clears throat> well, they need to enjoy the moment. That's what I'm saying. Right now they're 83. They need to enjoy that embrace that moment right now.
0: You know what it is, and I'm gonna be very honest with you. Be very, very totally honest with you. We look at um what's our boy over there at the Cardinals, the QB? Um,
2: Kyler, Kyler Murray.
0: Kyler Murray. And we look at their their uh their their uh their coach, head coach from uh Texas Tech. I can't even think of his name.
1: Kef, uh, Kingsbury.
0: Yeah.
1: Cliff. Cliff, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff, right. Kingsbury,
0: yeah. Yep. What is the one thing that Clint, uh, Kingsbury is doing that is making Kyler very, very much successful?
2: Playing to his strengths?
0: Uh, I'll answer it for you. Exactly. Exactly. If you sit there and you watch Kyler, the way, uh, the way he's playing, not to saying that they're running the Oklahoma offense, but it's very much shotgun read option, uh, zone read, blah, 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 blah. Now, switch over to Baker. If a coach would just sit there and say, you know what, fine, our shit ain't working. What the hell did you do at Oklahoma that made you so successful? successful? What can we do to implement some of that success here in Cleveland? And let's go for a ride. When Baker was hot is because they were running a lot of stuff that he was using in Oklahoma. And then they tried to change it up on him. If they would continue to kind of run something that that feeds to his strengths, especially with the type of weapons that he has on offense, I guarantee you Cleveland would be mirroring a freaking Patrick Mahomes because you have to believe me, Patrick Mahomes, is running an offense similar to what he ran at Texas Tech in college. And that's why his ass is successful. But NFL coaches are so stubborn with trying to adapt and adopt college offenses, thinking it's just gimmicks. That's why a QB like Baker isn't very successful because if they would run to his strengths, I guarantee Cleveland would be the scare of the AFC Central. Instead of uh, aging Big Ben. Or oh, I'm sorry, is that the AFC North? I get those confused. AFC North, you're right. Yeah. AFC North, yeah. I think I think Cleveland will probably be a better squad than Pittsburgh right now. Because Cleveland has a defense. Cleveland's defense is nice. But their offense is inconsistent. But if they would sit there and put an offense in place where Baker can thrive, I'm not saying they'd be undefeated, but I'm not saying they couldn't be more like uh Ten and one, or uh, but ten and three. What was it was? They played eleven games. Okay, uh, ten and one or nine and two. I mean, their diff their record probably be similar, but the offensive output would be a lot better. Let me put it like that.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Uh, but then I goes down uh, another, you know, rabbit hole discussion of you know just how just These college QBs that are coming out as number one and number two, are they really good overall QBs or or are they just a product of whatever offensive scheme they were running? You know, in my opinion, those are two different things.
0: I agree. True. True. I mean, Justin Herbert coming out of what? Oregon?
1: Yep.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: They recognized that he was a, he wasn't so much of a dual threat that he was more like a pocket passer and he's thriving in the system that he is in San San Diego. But if you know you chose Baker with the number one pick and you know he was a a air raid, zone read, whatever it is type of quarterback, you can't put a round hole in a square peg. It just ain't gonna work. <laughs> you have to either adapt or you have to go out there and find a QB that fits what the hell you're trying to do. Yeah, you, know, you know what I'm saying? That's why I think Jalen Hurts will probably be successful in Philly because they will run to his strengths because uh Wentz runs a similar type of uh offensive philosophy that Jalen Hurts can just come in there and do well. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know about that. <laughs> he might not be good with the Eagles. Maybe another team, but I'm not sure about the Eagles.
0: Hurts yeah. or, uh, or Wentz?
1: Hurts. Hurts.
0: I guarantee – I but I guarantee you that the offensive uh, coaching staff and head coach will sit there and adapt his strengths to what he could do well to make it – because, I mean, they got a running game. They got the kid from Penn State. You can't tell me that they couldn't throw a zone read in there. It's not so. It's not so difficult to, uh, for for running back to adapt to a zone read.
1: I mean, but, to, be, to be perfectly hon- well, sorry, to be perfectly honest, they do run some zone reads. So I'm not knocking that they can't tailor of the offense. I just don't think that the Philadelphia Eagles is a good landing spot for Jalen Hurts.
2: Yeah, I. I mean, like it's. <laughs> I know we talk about, like, I don't really want to talk about the Eagles as much, but I know we talk about what Carson Wentz, you know, being the type of quarterback that he is. But at this stage, there's a lot of things that need to happen for it to be successful, even if Jalen Hurts was in the mix. Um, there's still some some things that need to happen, even if they cater the offense around Jalen Hurts. There's still some stuff that needs to happen first within within the Eagles organization for it to be successful. And I'll just leave it at that.
0: Well, you know, the the pundits on ESPN who have Carson Wentz back will sit there and say, is every injury known the man is the reason why Carson Wentz isn't playing well. (laughs) You know, they make up every excuse in the book, but the man is just pure garbage at the moment.
2: (laughs) and I, I don't really want to get into that conversation.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Nor do I. I hear it every day. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, nobody wants to sit there and say he, he sees ghosts like, uh, like my man uh, Sam Darnold.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sam Darnold. He, he, <laughs> can't he about to be out of a starting QB job in a couple <laughs> in a few months.
2: Which uh, which brings me back to this question: How is it that Adam Gaze is still employed?
0: Man, look, I, they're keeping his ass there because they're securing the number one spot. That's all.
2: <laughs> he so, is That's I mean, it. at the point, at this point, though, does is it really relevant? I mean, they could easily let him go and and the um general manager, um, they could easily let them go and it'll still be the same identical record.
0: I guarantee somebody in coaching staff will sit because no, because if you put a interim coach, that interim coach is going to sit there and try to shine. He's going to actually sit there and try to win games.
1: <laughs> the team might actually play better for that interim coach, whoever he may be. <laughs> they don't want that. They need somebody there to be, the, to be the fall guy, to someone to take the hits. Woody I'm Johnson wants that person out there to lose them some games, but also take the take the hits from the critics, so that when it gets time, when they get to like probably the last game of the season, then they'll cut. Nobody said why didn't you do it before. Like they said, they don't want an interim coach coming in all of a sudden and just play inspired football. They don't want to jack up that first round pick. And trust me, they're going to get it that so they pick Fields or Trevor Lawrence. They're probably going to go with Trevor Lawrence, um, knowing Woody Johnson and and, and that in those in those owners over there. But they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. Adam Gates is probably going to be out. The GM is probably going to be out. They're going to have to clean house. And Sam <laughs> Arnold will get traded somewhere for some picks in players. Oh,
2: that is so hilarious. So if they release Adam Gase, the Jets will play better. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. They don't want to take a chance of Jack uh, screwing anything up.
2: <laughs> They'll release so, him yeah. and the Jets will go undefeated for the rest of the season. <laughs> and they will be hot.
0: Pretty much. He's a, lame, he's a lame duck coach. I'm telling you, the Jets right now are trying to get a two-for-one. Trying to get a Dabo and they're trying to get a Trevor Lawrence all in the same swoosh and they're going to try to adapt the Clemson, Clemson offensive scheme with the NFL defense, and they're going to try to run the table.
1: And if, they can't, get, and if they can't get Dabo, and you know, I, I would not well, I would I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't go for that for that team. They should go after my man um Eric Bellamy from um offensive coordinator from Kansas City Chiefs. Actually, that should be priority number one. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, well after, after the Ravens lost today, I heard some uh, some fans sitting there talking about they crying for Harbaugh to get fired and bringing in Beanie B- to be the head coach of Baltimore. So he's going to be a hot commodity come the offseason.
2: Definitely. definitely.
0: I, I still believe that wherever Trevor Lawrence goes, Dabo is going to be right behind him. That's just my personal opinion. Just because Dabo ain't got nothing left to prove at Clemson.
1: Now no, the but I wouldn't want. But the Jets, no. Any other squad, yes. The Jets, <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> but, but but think about it. What if he? he what if he were to come into the Jets and turn turn that into a, a, a powerhouse? Then he'd be like a damn god.
2: <laughs> That's but I, they they are not known. They're like if you look down the record of the Jets, like the Jets, like. Their, their record they're not known for having like exactly powerhouse teams these past decade or so so More than that <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to be nice but the point of the matter is, is that they don't have that that pedigree um so but, that would be a miracle if that was to happen but i don't see them doing it because of that because it's the jets like school say
0: but i you know i agree with you but feel me on this. This this just Hear me on this. Two for one, Dabo Trevor to the Jets, right? Mm-hmm. The Jets signed him to a, a five. Signed Dabo to a five six year contract. Typical head coach contract, whatever. Dabo just does enough to keep the Jets where they are. Maybe win some games, go to the playoffs. Just long enough. For our buddy at uh Alabama to sit there and then retire, Nick Saban. Dabo then turns around and goes to Alabama and ends his career.
1: That's a lovely story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it sounds very it sounds very plausible to me.
1: <laughs> here's the biggest here's the biggest question. Um does Dabo Sweeney wanna be feet? be forever linked to Trevor Lawrence
2: and then he would if, have... does he ever want to be linked to um Alabama's coach that's you saying that's going to retire Nick Saban. Nick Saban yeah because that would be a comparison like no other
0: well you know you know Dabo came from Alabama coaching tree
2: I know that but does he ever want to be linked like he said it's more about his legacy it's not about like being linked to um Trevor Lawrence or Nick Saban it's more about his legacy i think that would be much more interesting for him than it is to be linked with like those two those two those two names
0: personally i think if and don't, don't laugh at me when I said there's some Homerism type of bullshit or whatever, because it's, it's not that. It's truly not that. But if West Virginia didn't kick Clemson's ass in that bowl game 70 to 33 or whatever, 70 to 30, or whatever it was so many years ago when they had Deshaun Watson at quarterback, no, I'm sorry, Taj Boyd at quarterback, say Clemson won that game, defe- defeated West Virginia, and then went on and started a run with the Taj Boyd era going into Deshaun Watson. And let's just think that, do you think that if he had that era where he would have won three, two to three national championship with a Deshaun Watson and then turn around and then the Houston Texans looking for a coach to say, hey, we were like, we, we got Deshaun as our QB, but we want you to come along and be that head coach along with us with Deshaun Watson, I think that's plausible. Trust me. I I do think that's plausible. He had only won one national championship by that point. He done won a couple since then. <laughs> so that's why I'm saying, like, he has nothing left to prove. So why not sit there and take your two-time or three-time winning national championship quarterback in Trevor Lawrence and go take a run at the NFL? If it doesn't work, it don't work. 90, it's a good 90% chance that college coaches don't do fairly well in the NFL anyway. (laughs) So, I mean, the odds are against you, and you know that.
1: Mm. Oh, he's talking. Oh, he's talking. Uh, Now he's talking. Um, Look, I'll never put anything past any scenario. Yeah, I mean, did Jessica get the number one pick? You know, could pull Dabble Sweeney and and um, Trevor Lawrence, and who knows what happens? It could work, it could not work. I wouldn't shock me at all. Um, do I think Dabble will probably want to leave to go to the Jets? I. You go from being a big fish in a big in a big pond to a little fish in a big pond, and if he can turn around the Jets and win a Super Bowl, yeah, that'd be gravy. Do I think he could probably do it with the Jets? I don't know. Does he want to jump from the comfortability? You're right. He doesn't have anything to prove outside of winning another national title without Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. If you go to the Jets, then you're always going to be linked to whether or not it was Trevor Lawrence or you that made that team so good, or whether it was Trevor Lawrence or just you lucked up with Deshaun Watson and then Trevor Lawrence um, that got you those national titles. So cases can be made on both sides. It wouldn't surprise me if the Jets didn't. It would be fool not to try to entice him. The right. question is um, really? Willie, mm-hmm. and that's the one thing I am not sure about, but what might be a bit more intriguing to him now is that Notre Dame is in the ACC instead of just independently floating out there for football. So now you have, quote, unquote, competition well, <laughs> in your great. conference. Huh?
0: This is just a one-time thing. They're not. I They're think- not
1: sticking around for the long haul.
0: No, no. This is this is just because of this scenario. I and mean, the Dame ain't giving up their their TV rights for NBC just to join the ACC.
2: No.
1: The ACC is stupid from a football perspective because I wouldn't let them come in unless they came in all all, all guns. If not, stay at the independent. You don't make it into the playoffs. The we've bottom- been doing this. We've been doing this well, quote unquote, in, f- from football without you, Clemson has been winning without you. It's been making ACC relevant football. Without you, if you want to come in on football, yeah. But if you come in, it's got to be all in. no sneaking in because you want to play. Either you're in all or you're out. I'm wondering if they gave some type of compensation for
2: just to do this for this one year, um, or um,
1: break them off of that money from from the from
2: NBC. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking, which they, they don't want to come mean, off of.
0: No, right, exactly. Notre Dame ain't trying to come off of that 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 paper. Then then they don't know.
1: They lose their then hell no. Then they can sit there and try <laughs> to figure out who they can play. If I'm the ACC, have some damn you know backbone of some balls, telling me that you're all in like he is in basketball, or you're all out.
0: And they're all in with all other sports except football,
1: which is why I'm saying the football right. is 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 pussies. I, <laughs> I would not have let them in the door. They didn't. They didn't need them before. Ooh, on, let me rephrase that. It helps them from a. Geographic. Geographic and more of a competition standpoint and give them more relevance when you're going up against the Big Ten and the SEC and the Big 12 per per se. But they've been rolling this far without them. Fuck them.
0: Dude, I'm with you.
1: I I I thought they were – I thought they got them in for the long haul. So then they just – so they're using the ACC to play football because without the ACC, they wouldn't be playing football.
0: Exactly, because uh, they were unsure that any other team, you know, at the time, the ACC and the Big 12 were the only two conferences that sat there and say, we're going to sit there and play this thing out. So they're like, shit, let's go ahead and get in before, you know, it's too late.
1: <laughs> you know what, ACC is stupid, because they had them by the pr- proverbial balls, and they could have been like, yeah, but you got to rework the contract, and it's all in. Could it, or,
2: be, could it be that they were shook because the Big 12 may have them, may have went to them? I mean, they would have went to the Big 12.
0: They, they stand a better chance of going to Big Ten before the Big 12. Mm. Yeah. Big 12 would go after BYU. BYU before they'll go after Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, Irish is more geographically mm-hmm. centered around Big Ten teams, more so than Rutgers.
0: Yep. Okay. Believe it or not. But, yeah, no, this is, this is the one time. This is just <laughs> this Corona COVID-19, COVID-2020 type of deal.
2: That's gangster. Shout out to Notre Dame for doing that. There. That's gangster right there. <laughs> Shout out to Notre Dame. For I doing mean, that.
0: it, it worked, It works out in their favor because they're ninety five percent in the damn conference. I just don't know how it works out as far as the TV, the TV revenue with NBC playing their home games versus how a you know ESPN is going to play a play because you know the ACC has their own network with the ESPN. So. I guess when Notre Dame is considered the uh, away team is when they'll play on ESPN ACC network or the ESPN uh, channel of networks versus when they're home, they're, they're broadcasted on NBC. So in other words, the, I think what they're, I think what, if I had to guess, cause I have never reading any contracts, but I'm assuming that Notre Dame forfeits any monies, any uh, TV monies, outside of NBC in order to be part of the ACC for this season. that was That's the only way it would make sense to me. That's the only way I would let the ass in.
1: <laughs> Once again, I say gangster. The, 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 Notre, the, the Notre Dame just has their foot on the neck of the ACC and they just let them do whatever. I don't think – I'm curious. Let's say, like you said, Ace, let's say they wanted to go to the Big Ten. Would the Big Ten let them do that? No, no. no. Mm-mm. no SEC Mm-mm. damn sure wouldn't do that SEC is like either you all in or you're not now they wouldn't go to the SEC because they don't want to worry about getting their ass kicked every other week but the Big Ten damn sure wouldn't have let them let them you know ride both sides of the rail like that
0: but on the flip side with the Big 12 because Texas already had their own network within ESPN and Oklahoma is Oklahoma so they're going to pretty much do whatever the hell they want to do mm-hmm. They probably stand their best shot getting into the Big Twelve, having their own conf- you know, their network TV situation and kind of finagling it where they don't they receive maybe a partial revenue of things outside of their network. But it's just the pure fact that the Big Twelve the one in Notre Dame in their conference.
2: I think that's just the bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like like Smooth said, Dame <laughs> you know, did their thing on that. They did their thing. You can't knock them for it. The other question is is now, I mean, to be honest, now once this is all over, what are they going to do now? I mean, does Notre Dame go back to their regularly scheduled programming? Um, would that now completely... How would that work between them and the ACC going forward after this season is the question.
0: Well, well, let's put it like this. Not sure how Jersey is handling this whole vaccine situation and how much of a priority they're shifting their gears trying to get vaccines out to those healthcare workers and the, you know, essential peoples that need it within, the, within their, within their state. So I guess flipping it to where Notre Dame, I think they're in Indiana or El- Indiana's. No. I think they're in Indiana. I believe they're in Indiana. Don't get me a line. I have no idea where the hell Notre Dame is. Go get it. <laughs> but um, I think it has everything to do with the vaccines and moving forward. Now, if, everything works out with warp speed, whatever. And vaccines are pretty much 90% done by the time June, 2021 comes around. I think everything is going back to status quo. Notre Dame will be, we'll play a couple of games with the ACC, but we're going to still play our games that we typically play every year, the Stanfords, the armies, whatever. We'll just snatch a few ACC things, just to fill in the rest of our, rest of our schedule. Um, but say, the vaccines are a total cluster. It shit is worse because <laughs> it is a possibility. Um, but yet we're still managing to be able to play sports for entertainment as status quo would know whatever, then I think it would be the similar situation. But like he says, at this point, if it comes around 2021 and you're looking at the ACC to say, oh yeah, can we do, can we run it back like we did last year? then that's when you get them by the balls, by like, nah, nah, either you in 100% or you just for your goddamn self. Mm-hmm. That's the way I think the ACC is probably going to handle it next year if it comes to that. This is like, this year, is just a one-time pass? Next year, you know, no. Either you 100% committed or you're 100% on your own.
2: So you really believe that the ACC will, I mean, all right, so you really believe that the ACC not this time, but next time around, they will be a lot more authoritative with their um, decision-making going forward.
0: Probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> if they had any balls, that's the way they would probably go. That's the way they should go. <laughs> okay, fair enough.
1: Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I agree. Desperate, uh, you know, desperate people make some rash decisions and if, if this was the time to snatch up Notre Dame, let's say you can't get them fully in the ACC this year because they have contractual obligations with some other teams for the next, you know, two or three years. But you can always say three years from now, you all in. Mm -hmm. But I don't see it.
0: I don't either. (laughs) I don't either. And personally, I think the ACC should kick their ass out. I mean, kick their ass out with everything.
2: Well, I agree. I agree with that too. I, I do agree. Yeah, I agree with
0: everything because there's other there's other schools out there that are willing would would be willing to do help. Cincinnati would do anything. Would kill to go to ACC, any or any uh, P five uh, conference for that matter. Yeah. Uh, for that opportunity, so I say either y'all in your you know, but ACC don't look at it that way. So. Let's Scrum, scrum, scrum. And yes, I guess since we kind of segued into college football ever so neatly from the NFL, with all the COVID situations going along and with an average of like 20 games per week being canceled due to COVID-related issues, do you see college football finishing? I've already started seeing particular bowl games starting to be canceled. uh the Sun Bowl in El Paso already canceled. And I saw another one, but I can't remember the name of the actual bowl, but two bowl games have already canceled. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see the season coming to an end and actually make it a, to a bowl season where these teams could be rewarded? Or do you see that they're going to limp to the end and it's just going to be the college playoffs. And then once that's done, it's done.
2: To be honest with you, um, I can actually see, I'll see, I can definitely see more bowl games being canceled, but I don't, the college playoff, I mean, the college playoff series is going to be there no matter what. I see a couple of bowl games there, like the most important ones, maybe the Rose Bowl or something like that. I could see that's probably still be there, but it won't be as many bowl games as it was last year. I think that's where it's going to be. There's going to be maybe half and half, or there's going to be to a point where the selection committee is going to make a decision. I just don't see it being as many as it was last year.
1: Yeah. I'm with you, I, I think, I think they lent to it. I think the ACC got it right. And I think they're, they're hedging their bets. They're, reshuffling games and basically cutting the season off early so they can get right to the championship game. they basically, you know, handicapping Clemson and ACC for – I mean, Clemson and Notre Dame for the ACC championship game for the most part um, to ensure that one of them is going to be in there. Um, um, even if Notre Dame loses Syracuse, they'll still be in the ACC championship game. So basically it's all wrapped up. Uh, Big Ten is the much more – interesting one because you have ohio state you know currently in there with four wins and um who knows that they're going to play michigan state i don't know but they're going to do what they can to limp to it the playoffs i agree it was going to be played but i think they'll probably cut probably 70 percent of the bowl games and you'll probably have just the, the major ones that the ones that the people want to see and we might all – and they might find out from a viewership standpoint, it might be better because you don't have to worry about 30 bowl games. Maybe you only got to worry about seven. But they're going to get to a finish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> By I hook agree. or crook.
0: I agree. They have no choice. You know, you made your bed, Now you got lying.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: Just like the NFL, you know, Goodell had to sit there and go on ESPN or SportsCenter. I'm sorry, during halftime. Of the,
1: NBC, in the game. Yeah, I saw him, but I wasn't paying attention to what you were saying.
0: Exactly. Where you had to sit there and defend the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> defend why they're going to sit there and continue to move forward. You know, uh, I, I see them finishing. I see them, you know, if it's the Big Ten, they put themselves in a hole because they started too late where they just didn't give themselves any flexibility to say if a game was canceled or postponed and they could sit there and play it later in December. Um, but the biggest handicap, like you said E, was the fact that they said that any team to make it to the Big Ten Championship has to play at least six games. But what happens if no team plays six games? Exactly. And then how does the playoff committee sit there and rationalize a four 0 Big Ten going to play a six and one Northwestern squad in the, I'm sorry, four zero Ohio State versus a six and one Northwestern squad in the Big Ten championship. Ohio State may win at five and zero, but then you have teams from other conferences that sat there. Case in point, uh, you got to get close to Carolina. They love. I mean, granted, they don't play anybody, but they're not. No. <laughs> you got to. I mean, but you have. You have to. You have to show you got to give credit where credit is due. You have teams that are actually out there and manage to play 10, 11 games like a um, a BYU. Their season is done, and they went undefeated. They won't sniff the playoffs because they got to have the big dogs or the big conferences, you know, represent. I'm like, dude, if, if a BYU is up there, they're 11-0, and you got a 5-0 Ohio State, give me BYU. Screw it. This would be the one year that, you know what, because who wouldn't want to sit there and look at a BYU squad go against 11 no BYU versus a, I don't know, uh, <laughs> an 8 no Notre Dame squad. Catholic versus Catholic or Catholic versus Mormon. That would be a hell of a game. I'd watch. <laughs> you know, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, Notre Dame kicks their ass. Okay, there's no different than Notre Dame kicking Oklahoma's ass one year they were in, uh, in the playoffs. And then Notre Dame turned around and got their ass kicked by Clemson. You know, ass kicking is this kicking. Let's, 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 let's let it rock. Reward those teams that were able to sit there and play eight plus games. And those who couldn't play six, kick them to the curb. It, it just ain't fair. Hey, look,
1: the whole thing's so mess started off because of money, and Ohio State is going to be in there because guess what? Money. Money. <laughs> so don't be surprised if Ohio State conveniently changes their mind on having to be six and zero, just the same way they change their mind on not playing. And oh, by the way, we're going to let them play. They'll find a way of trying to make the argument that Ohio State should be in there if they end the season, let's say, 5-0. And, however, they didn't really play anybody except Indiana, and Indiana gave them a lot of damn troubles, and they got lucky by beating Indiana. Let's call it spade a spade because Justin Fields didn't look all that impressive in that game.
0: Look very, look very mortal. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> bottom line, like you said, the bottom line, we can talk about this till we blew in the face. At the end of the day, it's all about the money dollar. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is at this stage. And until somebody actually says something and have a backbone to say it, nothing is going to change. But you know what, though?
0: I, I will say this, you know, just to wrap up this segment. College football fans are finicky. Yes, college football fans have a bunch of alumni they love their schools. They love their conference. But a college football fan, if they are a true college football fan, regardless of who is in the playoffs, will sit there and watch. I still think their ratings will be the same, regardless if it's BYU, Coastal Carolina, because they want. They'll be curious to sit there and say, Can a Coastal Carolina beat a Clemson? Now I don't think so. But if they went in there and whooped Clemson's ass, they'd be like, Oh shit! You know, it kind of gives you that same vibe of the uh, the uh, March Madness,
2: exactly.
0: Yeah. Any any type of scenario, you know what I mean? So, again, but if they were smart, this
2: would be the year to try. But they're scared. Bottom line,
1: this. Well, this this would be a year to try, but financially, this ain't the year to try. <laughs> Technically, that's <yes>, true. <laughs> I get what you're saying, Ace. This could be the year to make the case for that, and you have a strong case of why certain teams shouldn't be in there. But for financial standpoint. This ain't the year they're going to do it.
0: <laughs> hold up. But the networks that to paid these conferences whatever, whatever, regardless, whoever makes it into the damn season. So how is it that the NCAA or these conferences, how do they lose in this situation?
1: they already lose the, the money by not selling, any, having any people in the fans. Even with the college, I get you, even with the TV, TV revenue coming in, mm-hmm. you're still losing out on revenue from, people being in the stands, people actually going to the games, people actually able the schools are. Um,
0: but you so. underestimate a Coast of Carolina – you trying to tell me if a Coast of Carolina made it to the, 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 the football playoffs, that they wouldn't be there in droves?
2: No, but you have to understand that the Coast of Carolina only has a certain amount of fans that support supporting them. I mean, you can have a SEC team that is generating a whole – they have like ten times as many fans. So if you got ten times as many fans watching the show, that's in turn is going to generate more money for that particular game. So Coastal Carolina could do with ten thousand fans, yes, but if you have like an Alabama with a hundred thousand fans, you would think that it would tend towards that more money would go towards that. I, I I
0: see where you're going with it, you know, but you know it. I I look at it as from an alumni standpoint. Coastal Carolina probably has a ton of alumni. And at this point, if they made it that far, alumni that we ain't never heard of will come out of the woodworks to sit there and support their damn squad.
2: No, I get that. But does that equal or generate as much buzz as alumni from an actual powerhouse school?
0: I think in a 2020 era or a 2020-induced situation, I think so just because of the situation, just because of what it is. For now, if this was 2018, probably not.
2: But the question is, are you willing to risk that revenue to for Central Carolina's
1: alumni fans?
0: I mean, at this point, revenue is all fucked up anyway. Why not?
1: <laughs> and, and and there go lies and there goes back to, to back to the point I was getting ready to make. When you get to the regular college football games, they're for alumni for you, for straight up college football fans. When you get to those bowl games, they're for the non- you know, alumni, therefore the casual fans. They're not for the hardcore college fans like you. They want to get the other million sitting on the sidelines that are not college football fans that don't follow a Coastal Carolina, that don't follow West Virginia, don't follow, you know, some of the larger teams. They can sell a Clemson against Alabama or they can sell a Notre Dame against, you know, quote unquote, let's say Texas Tech. Mm. Hard to sell Coastal Carolina against Clemson. Now, the hardcore college football fans like yourself and other folks, you want to see that. But for the everyday average person who they want to get, which is two to year one, they're not this ain't the year to do it.
0: I agree. I agree. But then
1: they should. But, but it's but
0: no different. It's no different than we sitting here at this exact point last year. Where we were sitting there saying, God damn, we tired of Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. And all these schools being in the same shit. I'm tired. I wish somebody else would come up in there. And then you had that opportunity. But now we're saying.
2: (laughs) I'm not. No, no. I'm saying I will watch a Coastal Carolina with no problem. I I will. I will. But we're just in the minority at this stage. You got all these other fans that we have to get to get on that same bandwagon. That's the biggest hurdle right now.
1: I agree. I agree. And if I'm marketing, if I'm a marketing person, I'm not marketing for you, Ace. I'm marketing for the the Tom Joe out there that don't necessarily watch college football. But if I can get them to watch college football because I can sell the marquee matchups that they are familiar with, they're going to turn in as opposed to a marquee matchup where they're not that familiar with both. It's easier to sell the top four as they are as opposed to other ones. Now, I would love to see it. And if they would just go ahead and just do a real playoff system where the conference champions play, then let's have at it. However, mm. we don't live in that <laughs> college football yeah. is not that.
2: Right. See, you have to understand. We're like, I mean, they're they're trying to sell it as a marquee matchup like the Tyson Roy Jones fight. Like we're in a position <laughs> that we're, here, we're in a position that we're the Nate Robinson, Jake Paul. We'll still love the undercard no matter what. When we get to that. I want to get
1: off college football content before we bounce. All
0: right, all right, real quick Segway, Segue. We do get to the Tyson exhibition shit, but just to touch on this this breaking news in the NBA with uh, my man Russ being traded for John Wall and a first round pick to to the Wizards. Just wanted to get your thoughts on that real quick, and do you think this is enough? for Harden to want to stay not so much to bitch and moan going into the uh, trade deadline to try to work his way over to Brooklyn or wherever the they they' wherever else they're trying to he's trying to finagle his way to is, is is this enough to sit there and put Houston over the hump at least to get out of the first round <laughs>
1: <laughs> go ahead Al. I'll let you go <laughs>
2: Him. Um, I will say this. I mean, to be honest, James Harden can get them into the playoffs themselves. He's done it before, so I'm not going to, you know. I will say this, though. This this trade wasn't all about more so James Harden. Um, Houston said they going to do their best to try to keep him no matter what. Um, he couldn't talk about – he could complain all he wants. Houston's going to do his best to keep him there. So, with that being said, I think this was more so because Russ went out. Um, Russ wanted to be the alpha dog. Unfortunately, he's going to a position where technically he's still not the alpha dog um, because Bradley Bill is going to have something to say about that. So Mm -hmm. I think it worked out for both. I mean, basically, they're similar point guards, similar similarities. The only thing I'm curious to see is just how how healthy John Wall is. That's where the bottom line is. Um, I don't think – I'm still kind of puzzled why they extra – I mean, the first-round pick came into the play when they could have just easily swapped them with no, with no problem. The injuries. But They had probably the injuries. So um, you're probably right. So with that being said, real quick, I mean, I think this is a trade that works for both teams at this stage.
1: I guess it works for both teams at this stage. I mean, you know, I mean, Westbrook gets his – is to be the man or he'll push to be the man when it gets to um, – you know, the Wizards. Um, back to question, Ace, does it make them marginally better get over the hump? No,
0: <laughs>
1: not at all. I mean, it, it puts them right where they are. In my opinion, depending on the health of John Wall, uh, it, might be, it might be a little worse off.
2: True. Um, I, will, I will say this. No, no, I, I will say this. Even depending on the health of John Wall is definitely important, but I think they made some key additions there to make it more interesting. Um, and as long as James Harden is there, I think that they have a good shot of at least making it to the playoffs. Making it to the playoffs, I should say.
0: But wouldn't we say that Wall is a better shooter than uh, than Russell?
2: Mm, to be honest, I think they're about the same. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, their their similarities in playing the point guard is is so similar. Like that's why I thought that this was like. You you don't. I don't think no one lost here this this trade. I think they they're similar. Yeah, I think it was like a a fair trade there. So
1: unless um, unless Wall has some numbers coming off of his books within a year that might make him enticing to free up some cap, you know, some space in a year or two. But outside of that, I, to me, it's
2: well. The, the the thing is, they're both on Supermax contracts, and their Supermax contracts end at the same time. So, they basically didn't do anything but trade money. Like, they just straight the player. The money is basically the same in both teams, no matter what.
0: Ooh, so, maybe that's the reason why uh, Houston had to come up. I'm no, sorry, uh, Washington had to come up with a first round pick.
2: Yeah. His, his
0: Supermax is less than, than uh, yeah. Russ.
2: Yeah, it wasn't significant. Yeah, it wasn't that, you know, it wasn't like a, a big comparison, but it was enough where that first round pick came into play. So, mm-hmm. but it is basically they they're basically on the same contract bottom line okay all right well
0: you know uh, the 2k guys will sit there and determine how this works out um yeah. <laughs> and also i you know just real quick i i think i read somewhere where they did testing for the nba and 48 players came back tested positive out of 200 and something so the nba got to figure out how to the nip that situation in the bud and try to contain it without working in a bubble.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. So it'd be interesting. to see, interesting to see how their season kind of pans out and what they're willing to do. Are they gonna? Are they willing to expand rosters, to sit there and allow games to be played, et cetera, et cetera? So we'll see how that goes. I guess the G League will really come into play this year. This with this season considering situations and I don't know, two-way contracts or 10-day contracts or how things, you know, I'm not too privy or too, uh, don't really understand either one, but I'm sure those will come into play too, considering what the uh, current situation.
2: Yeah.
1: You better follow whatever model Major League Baseball did to get through, through, through their majority of their season without that much of a hiccup outside of the first couple of weeks and then last game of the, you know, World Series.
0: Well, I think I remember the MLB was pretty lax in the beginning. And then when I think it was players for the White Sox are just going out there, just doing, you know, doing whatever the hell they wanted to. And then they ended up the Miami situation, the White Sox and a couple other teams, I think – NlB MLB cracked down and they sent representatives to each team to make sure they stayed their ass in the hotel?
1: <laughs> they, well, like I said, whatever model that the Major League Baseball did once they got the act together is what the NBA should be, you know, digging in their head to figure out how did you manage the last two months of your season right. going into the you know the playoffs in the World Series and just one person in the World Series is I guess, you know, one one person is too many but what did you do in the last two and a half months to mitigate your issues?
0: Agreed, agreed.
1: It was as much yep. traveling as they was doing.
0: They'll figure it out. The NBA, they're they're very pro, they're very proactive and they're very progressive in their, their way of thought. So I'm sure that they'll figure it out. And then when it comes to that playoff, I'm guaranteed they'll be right back in that damn bubble. <laughs> they want that money. So they'll bring you right back to damn Orlando. <laughs> it worked. It worked well. We'll have that right, you know, in our back pocket. Mm-hmm. All right. So I know we're running over time, but we have to talk about the uh, the pay per view extravaganza that happened this past weekend, which I fell asleep on real early on and didn't even bother to watch the the Nate Robinson debacle, uh, along others. But what was your take on the legends, what did they call it? Legends of boxing or whatever they called, the, uh, whatever they Tyson and, you know, whatever they want to call this little boxing that they got going on. Exhibition? Yeah. But what did you what did you guys think overall of the success of it? Do you think this is something that's sustaining or do you think this is just sort of like a one-off and kind of keep it moving? Or is it, is it even worth sitting there paying $50 Sit there and watch to see has beens and old timers sit there and box moving forward. <laughs> you pay 50 for that? I think it was a $50 pay per view. Yeah. Well, not everybody's, in, you know, has uh, magical powers like yourself. Sit there and watch.
1: <laughs> I, I didn't watch it. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I saw the highlights of it. <laughs> um, but from what I saw, um, <sighs> I don't want to see no more of that. If I want to see boxing, I want to see. Then uh, I granted Mike Tyson did look pretty good. Um, Roy Jones was looking okay, um, but they weren't really going at it. I mean, there wasn't. It was like two minute rounds. Um, there were. It was a draw, even from what I was seeing from you know some of the clips of the rounds. It didn't look like much of a draw, but. No, I want to see the real McCoy. I want to see what's coming up this week. And I want to see (laughs) Errol Spence against Garcia. I'll pay for that. I didn't pay for whatever that was over the weekend.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, Roy Jones was, you know, Roy Jones was was smart because he wasn't trying to catch them body blows. He wasn't trying to catch that hook. So I'll be grabbing hold of two.
1: (laughs) I saw a lot of that. 'cause
0: Mike can still bring it. <laughs> That's what you think, Al.
2: <laughs> um, I, I didn't see it either. Um, to be honest, it wasn't something that was intriguing to me at this stage. Um at the bo- bottom line is this. I mean, I get why they wanted to do it. Um definitely for people that wanted to see it, it was a good <laughs> nostalgia for some people. Um I would rather see them in their heyday doing this. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is. So wasn't going to pay money for it. I wasn't going to pay money for it, anything that it wasn't no, nothing, nobody on the card was something intriguing for me. That I would to pay money to see bottom line. Um, the highlights basically show what it was at the end of the day. So.
0: I, I think, I think personally, Nate Robinson should have followed, uh, Marbury um, over to China and try to become a god over there, and just live like.
2: <laughs> no, all right, hold up I, I, I will say this. I'm sorry. I, I will say this about that fight. Um, it was going to be difficult for him anyway to do it because his arms is too. I mean, he's only five foot nine. He doesn't have the reach like he had. I mean, like Jay Paul has a full reach on him. So right. it was going to be difficult for him to even get some blows in, let alone be able to swing and hit him and connect. Jay Paul could just easily reach out and stretch him and tap them. So I I really didn't see, like, from what I saw, it was, the reach wasn't even there. It was bound to happen. Like, I I just didn't get why everybody was, like, so surprised by it. It, it, When you look at it, it it was going to happen. Like, anybody could see that.
0: I just think it's because of all the shit he
2: was talking personally. <laughs> well, that's you know, first time boxer. bottom line, like, you, did, he, did he did he really train though?
1: <laughs> whoever whoever was training him, um, I don't know. They
2: it was a bad fight to begin. It was a bad matchup to begin with. Bottom look,
1: line. Look, the, the first knockdown really had him. When he got up, you saw it in his eyes that he wasn't even all, all the way there. And so it was just going to happen. It just happened in dramatic fashion. So, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. the last time I seen somebody get put to sleep like that was um, Manny Pacquiao against um, Varquez and Varquez <laughs> put him out and he fell face face first and he was down for a, a, a long time. So, So, Nate Robinson... You got knocked out. You fell flat, feel like you fell asleep. Don't worry about it. Other boxers have have been <laughs> have hit the canvas that way or even worse. Even Roy Jones got put to sleep. So
0: yeah, but they didn't have Twitter to roast his ass like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: no. Well, the problem with him was that he talked when he if, if like he should have been like I'm you know. My, like he he treated like he's been a pro at this for like years like he knew what he was doing and then to go in there and then not know having a clue what you got yourself into, that's what everybody was roasting the on. like if you would have been <laughs> humble about it, then everybody would have been a lot more lenient. but the fact that you talked about it and like you acted like you're a pro at it that's what made it the worst like and but to be honest, he took it like a chance. He was like, "Yo, I'm ready for all that heat." You know, I, I went in there. I, I, you know, I thought I had it. And he took all the hits. He took every hit that people was hitting him on Twitter, roasting him, killing him.
0: But, but the, but the highlight of the night was Snoop, and his announcing. <laughs> how my man was singing hymns <laughs> before he got knocked out. <laughs> he was like, "Oh lord." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh. I'll, I'll say this. He needs to do more commentary. <laughs> he oh, definitely man. needs to do more commentary. Somebody <laughs> needs to just give him some type of gig to do commentary for boxing. Um and I would be I would pay for that. I would pay for his commentary more <laughs> than I would have paid for that.
0: Oh my god, that was some of the most hilarious shit ever. <laughs> oh man, was are singing hymns before he got knocked out. <laughs>
2: Oh, uh, you should hear him on uh, uh, when he do um, when he commentated on the USC too. <laughs> he is hilarious. He is definitely uh,
0: He's hilarious when he do basketball.
2: Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some they need to bring him in the commentary. That would uh, be God. hilarious.
1: Well, Nate, don't don't ever uh, <laughs> do <Right>. that again. <laughs>
0: don't do the day job, whatever the hell that is. See? Yeah. Definitely. He tried to get into football, he tried to get back into basketball. Like, look, man, look, accept it. You made some money. Hopefully, you, you saved some money.
1: Apparently, not because he's doing this. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I heard he only made six bills for the fight, though. Six hundred dollars that's all he got to get his ass whooped. Nah, man, I could do that in the back alley, make six hundred dollars. You know, I ain't gotta I ain't like gotta you, sit there
2: on that. Like you said, <laughs> he needs to go to China. <sighs>
0: I don't even think China Marbury probably sit there and say nah.
1: <laughs> not now. <laughs> your,
0: your name has been sullied. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like I said, don't worry about Nate Robertson. It's not the first person to get knocked out cold like that. Like I said, Manny Pacquiao got got done. It happens. True. True. True.
0: Well, I know, fellas, we have gone really past our, our initial time to stop this uh this episode but we we had to touch on that for a moment uh just to give our respects to something we didn't watch <laughs> but uh with that being said where can folks find you if they need to reach out to you
1: uh you can find me on the gram and twitter at j e ross number seven
2: and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am out Twitter and Instagram, I am out Also, Also, quick shout-out to the NCAA for running – for having those NBA, those basketball games run similar to how the NBA does in a bubble. I kind of like that the, – the, the look of it, in a way, where they blacked off, like, the, the, the stands and everything. Mm-hmm. kind of looks hot like that.
0: <clears throat> yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. Second of Maine is no longer because it's too it's, it's the 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 uh positive rate is too high over there. I got I, I got to stay away from that. You know I need I need a vaccine to hit second of Maine before I go back. <laughs> but I will say this: I don't know what the hell Bill Walton is smoking when he's sitting there announcing games, but God, his ass is annoying. Jesus, like I'd rather watch. Reruns of Sports Center while I'm working during the day to sit there and watch the my, my, uh the my Classics. Uh-huh. with him doing his broadcasts from wherever the hell he's at. God, he's annoying the shit. But you know, that's what they're there.
1: He'll <laughs> be doing that for a very long time, a long, long oh. time, friend.
0: But I guess this is the first time I had to sit there and just kind of listen to his ass. So I'm like, what the hell? I'd rather sit there and watch reruns of Sports Center than listen to his ass talk.
2: So You
0: don't want to watch the Blazers games, then? <laughs> no, no. I watch my TV, but i will be damned if I sit there and listen to his ass. He 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 announces it on TV
2: for the Blazers every night. Now- no, I mean, every now and then he does, he does like guest commentary
0: and stuff like that. Yeah, god, I'd have to turn this shit on. at least put this shit on mute when he's done. Oh, god, he's hard, <laughs> but anyway, fellas. Thank you for another another episode of Guys Talking Sports. We really appreciate you, everybody out there that's showing us love from the hills of West Virginia to the the mean streets of Philly to Jersey to to Baltimore, D.C. We love you. Um, Just continue to support as we, we push on and about to bring in 2021 real strong. So without further ado, Happy holidays to you. I hope everybody had a safe and, and wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, didn't travel anywhere too crazy. But we'll be back next week for yet another episode with the Nice Have a good one.